Uh, hey guys, welcome back to the Brooks Matters Podcast. I'm Matt Giglia. I'm Mindong. 19 days until the 2020 season begins. Yeah, I mean, we've been kind of lacking. I mean, we haven't had an episode out since Tuesday. Um, obviously, we have a ton of time to spare. Um, so we did decide to make one finally. We are going to do it yesterday, but today happened to be the day for it. Obviously, as you know, today is the Big Ten Commerce Preview. Very excited for this one. And not many more Commerce Previews left after this one. I believe there's only four left following this one right here. So that's just pretty exciting news to finally get all these pretty much done. Yeah, uh, like you said, four left, 19 days. Uh, we could definitely chill out a little bit. And, yeah. Yeah, and uh, something we have not really talked about on our radar the NBA draft, it's coming up very, very soon. And I believe the deadline is November 18th. That's when the draft begins. So uh, that's actually coming before the actual college basketball season begins. So you never know. Secret episode might be coming in there about the NBA mock draft because we really haven't talked about it. it hasn't really been on our radars. But uh, not many things have changed for our predictions and our mock draft for our last one. Um, we definitely probably will have one either on Instagram or uh, an actual episode uh, coming out probably within the next two weeks because that's how much time we have left for that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, a ton of breaking news today. Like you said, Big Ten covers previews. Uh, we took a lot of time on this because there's a lot of teams, and, you know, we, we didn't want to mess this one up. This is a very important conference, one of the best in the nation, the best in the nation, sorry. Yeah, it's a very, very competitive one. Uh, a lot of good teams in this conference. So if you see your team down at the 8, 9, 10 spot, uh, it's still a very good team, don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, I think without further ado, let's just kick things off with the breaking news. It's mostly waivers today, but the first one we do have is non-waiver related. And Ohio State guard, Abel Porter, uh, who he will miss this season due to a medical condition. Uh, he's a grad transfer from Utah State, was expected to be the backup point guard for the Buckeyes. Average six points a game, two and a half rebounds, three assists per game this past season. Uh, this condition was non-related to COVID-19. We don't know what it is. We probably will not know what it is. Uh, but, yeah, this is just a very huge loss here for Ohio State. And uh, we're not going to talk too much into this because, obviously, Ohio State is in the Big Ten. So we'll definitely talk about where we have them ranked uh, later in the episode. Yeah, um, it was a hard condition. It, it just came out. And, yeah, just best of luck to him and just a huge blow. I feel real bad for him. I feel real bad for Ohio State. I just hope the best for him. Uh, next, we got we got waivers now. Uh, first off, Sorrell Smith of East Tennessee State. Transferred from Maryland. Averaged one and a half points, one rebound in seven and a half minutes last this past season. Two years remaining. Uh, huge get here for East Tennessee State here as they desperately need something. Uh, I have them at six. You have them at seven. Any changes here? Um, I mean, maybe in one spot, but this is not too significant of a waiver here. Obviously, getting a big man to Terrell Smith is huge for this East Tennessee State team. I think anything at this point is huge for this team, like you said. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this might move them up one spot, but for me at least. But uh, I don't really see them getting where, getting anywhere higher than number six on my SOCOM rankings. Yeah, same here. I think I'm going to keep them at six of my SOCOM rankings. Oh, East Tennessee just lost a lot to compensate for. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement there. And obviously, uh, it's going to be a very interesting year for East Tennessee State in their first year without, obviously, their coach and a lot of their players. So uh, we'll see how Coach Jason Shea does in his first new year at East Tennessee State as the head coach now. Um, next where we have is Brendan Medley-Bacon at a VCU. That is a very cool name. I wish I had it, but I do not. 
Um, transfer from Coppin State, I average seven and a half points a game, nine rebounds a game, two blocks a game this past season. We'll have at least one year of eligibility remaining. Uh, this is a very surprising, and I think it's a very scary waiver for VCU in the A-10 here. Uh, yes, Medley Bacon is a 7-1 big man and is not eligible to play. So uh, obviously this compensates for the loss of Marco Santos Silva, although the height difference is very different. Marco Santos Silva, six, uh, I think he's six, is he six seven or six nine. Six seven. Yeah, he's six seven, and now they're getting Medley Bacon eligible, who's a seven one big man. So uh, VCU ranked twelfth for both of us in the A ten. Do you see any movement here? Uh, no, I just can't see them going higher or lower than twelve. I think just twelve is just an ideal spot for them right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. I, I definitely think VCU can move up one or two spots now with this waiver. Uh, many of these A-10 teams don't really have a true big man. Don't get me wrong, a lot, of the, a lot of them do, but some of them just don't. And some of them happen to be higher than VCU on the rankings that do not have a big man. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think VCU can move up maybe one or two spots. I don't really see them getting uh, inside the top 10 in my eyes, but uh, it could be that number 10 team. I definitely see that happening. So, I don't know. I'm probably just going to move up one spot for now, but uh, I definitely think they could move up a couple more depending on how he actually uh, does with this VCU team this first year. Yeah. Um, next waiver, we have Yavuz Galtikin of San Diego. Transfer from Texas A&M. Two points, one and a half rebounds in just eight minutes last year. Two years left, San Diego. Uh, ranked eighth for you, seventh for me in the West Coast Conference. You see any changes here? Uh, no, I don't, really, I don't really see any changes here. I mean, San Diego's just gotten a ton of good waivers, and this is a very solid one as well, Gudekin here. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to play much. He'll probably be a role player in my eyes. Uh, a lot of the guys that did transfer to San Diego are getting waivers, so it kind of balances itself out, I guess. So I, think, I don't think Gudekin will really play, so it's not that big of an impact for San Diego. I definitely think seven is a good place for them in the West Coast Conference, so I'm not going to change them here. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to stick them at seven. Um, just there's a lot of better teams in the West Coast Conference, the, the top six there. They're real competitive. So I think seven is just like a good spot for them. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. And uh, the final waiver here, Jimmy Sotos from Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State getting another mention here in our breaking news. Transfer from Bucknell. Uh, he averaged 11.5 points a game, 3.5 rebounds, 4 assists per game, and 1.5 steals per game this past season. Um, he actually got his waiver denied for the first time, and uh, he actually got it reappealed, and he finally got it accepted for this year. So this is very good and big news for Ohio State. Uh, this will be probably his final year of eligibility remaining. Um, yeah, we're not going to get much into it. This is just a very big waiver here for Ohio State, and obviously we're going to talk about them pretty much next, because next up is our Big Ten Conference preview. Yeah, like like I said last episode, oh, NCAA, they finally figured it out that they should, they should probably, uh, you know, I give them waivers instead of denying them. And so, yeah, great job by the NCAA here again. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And uh, who knows what happened with the other guys that did get their waivers denied. We'll definitely probably find that out within the next 18 days. I don't think they'd be that bold to give someone an uh, accepted waiver one day before the season starts. But you, you never know. It's the NCAA. Anything's pretty much possible. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, without, without further ado, I think we should just get right into our Big Ten Commerce preview. Um, today is a very big episode, obviously 14 teams in this Big Ten Conference preview. So uh, without further ado, for those of you that don't know, we do our player of the year, dark horse, and then 14 all the way up to number one. So without further ado, who is your Big Ten Conference player of the year? 
Yeah, um, I'm going out on a limb here. I don't got I don't got my Maryland gear. It's still still shipping right now. But I got Aaron Wiggins as my Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, that's a very very big stretch right now. But I I think he's gonna. I have a huge hunch right now. Uh, he was the six. He was the Big Ten Sixth Man of the Year last year. Played starters minutes. He was he was basically the third option, averaging ten and a half points and five rebounds last year, with behind Anthony Cowan and Jalen Smith. But they're both gone, and I, I think he's going to be a legit NBA first rounder after this season. And he's a name to watch. Yeah, the big question here is uh, the fans are probably wanting this too. Uh, where, where's your boy Rocket Watts? Yeah, um, I just believe that there's just too much talent around Rocket Watts for him to to win because they, they got other contenders. You got Aaron Henry. You got you got what Joey Hauser. You just got a lot of got a lot of guys around him so it's going to be hard for him to win player of the year just because there's just going to be that even scoring distribution at Michigan State whereas Ann Wiggins he's he's basically the only true scorer and playmaker at Maryland. Yeah that, that's very fair I mean Wiggins definitely a runner-up in my eyes he's one of many I definitely believe I don't know how high he is on that runner-up list but he's definitely a candidate in some way or somehow but uh my player of the year is obviously the obvious decision. I do have Luca Garza here from Iowa. And do I even need to address this at this point? Probably not. But uh, he probably could have won National Player of the Year last year. And he's, he's definitely this preseason National Player of the Year for this upcoming season. And uh, the stat line definitely shows last year he averaged 24 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, two blocks a game. So watch out for Garza once again this year. He's obviously hungry. He could have went to the draft, but he decided to come back. And that reason probably is he wanted to win National Player of the Year and probably win a championship for this Iowa team. So that's why I got him as my player of the year. I think anyone in the right mind would also pick him here. And, yeah, I mean, it's just a pretty easy decision. Yeah, uh, dark horse, like I said, my Maryland gear hasn't come yet, but I have Maryland here as well. Um, they won the share of the conference last year, uh, but now they lose their top two offers, like I mentioned earlier, and Cowan and Smith. Um, but, you know, everyone expects them to take a – a huge, very big drop-off from top to bottom. I don't think they're going to be that bad. Their starting five is still really good with Aaron Wiggins. They got Dorsell, who's going to be probably the front-runner for Defensive Player of the Year as well. And so I still believe that they're a very good team, and they're still a safe tournament team in my my eyes. Yeah, I'm going out on a limb here, and I'm, I'm going to pick Minnesota as my dark horse. This Minnesota team does lose three starters, which is definitely a tough loss. One of them being Daniel Oturu, who was the top option last year. But uh, some very impactful transfers come into Richard Patino's squad. And uh, Liam Robbins being one of them from Drake. And Sir Bothgatch, who we have not talked about in a while, from Utah. They're both coming into the squad. Robbins did get his waiver accepted. Bothgatch is waiting on his waiver. But if he can get it, I think this Minnesota team could be just as good as they were last year. And they do return their second option in Carr and their third option in Cal Scherher. I don't know how to pronounce that name. I am sorry. But uh, they're both coming in as well, returning as double to the scores. So uh, believe it or not, with, that, with losing three starters, I definitely think this Minnesota team can be a very good team despite what they lost this offseason. Yeah. Um, number 14, let's get to their actual rankings now. Uh, agreement here. We both have Northwestern. They were a bottom two team last year. And once again, they look like a bottom two team again. Uh, this season, definitely not going to be their year. But 2021, their 2021 bath will be the best it ever in the program's history. They should be able to make the jump. Uh, led by, you know, my former teammate, Casey Simmons. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement there. Uh, Northwestern definitely here, number 14, unfortunately. Uh, it's been a pretty... 
Uh, disappointing, rough couple of years for Northwestern. I haven't really seen much success in this Big Ten conference. But uh, like you said, 2021, I think it's definitely going to be their year. And I'm very interested to see what they can do this season to help with that run for next year. So uh, it's a very big question mark, but I definitely think they can do some very good things in 2021. So I'm definitely excited to see what they can do in one year's time. Yeah. Uh, number 13, uh, Penn State here. Uh, I feel so bad for this program. Uh, they, they reached the top 10 of the AP poll last year, uh, peaking at number nine, I believe. And that was their best best ranking ever in program. They had the best record ever in program's history. And now uh, Lamar Stevens got, who was their heart and soul all four years when he was there. And Coach Pat Chambers, he had to resign, unfortunately. Uh, that is just too much to compensate for this program. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. I do have Penn State one spot ahead. Uh, why? I just think they bring back a pretty good core, despite losing Lamar Stevens and obviously their head coach and Pat Chambers. So I will talk about them in a minute. Uh, we do have a flip-flop, so I do have Nebraska here, number 13. This Nebraska team, uh, last year was a very disappointing year for Nebraska. Uh, a lot of guys got injured, and I believe they had to bring some guys who are not on the basketball roster on their roster, if I'm not mistaken. They had to bring someone from a swim the swim team, I think, or something like that. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to get into it right now. But uh, this team, regardless, does take a very big hit to their roster, losing four starters, the sixth man and their eighth man from last year's rotation. And the good news is some pretty good transfers and recruits are coming in. Uh, the transfers led by Kobe King from Wisconsin and Trey uh, McGowan's from Pitt. So uh, the experience is definitely needed, I think. But uh, these transfers are definitely going to lead the way for this Nebraska team. So 13 could be an underestimate for them. But that's where I got them here right now. Yeah, uh, I got Nebraska one spot higher. Coach Fred Hoiberg, you know, he, he definitely co he has NBA experience. And, again, he hits the transfer market. It worked for him in year two back at Iowa State when he was there. And this team struggled last year. So the only direction he could go is up. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement as well. I mean, he has the NBA coaching experience. I mean, he was obviously there for a decent amount of time. But, uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with his decision going back to college. Obviously, this is his second year back from the NBA. I definitely think it will eventually pan out uh, that he made the right decision. But uh, I don't think this year will be the year that they see their success in Nebraska. But uh, it's definitely been shown in the offseason with the recruits and transfers and all that stuff. So it'll pan out in a couple of years. But as of right now, I just don't think that will be the case. Uh, so, yeah, my number 12 team is Penn State, obviously, like I said earlier. This team does lose two stars on last year's very successful squad. And unfortunately, things with Pat Chambers did not work out. But uh, it ends on a bad note, I guess, for the last season. But this season could be a pretty all right one as well. Obviously, this, this Penn State team will be led by the second option in James. And, yeah, I mean, the, the thing here is the bench presence and the depth. I don't know if it's that deep in comparison to last year's squad. I know we talked about it last episode, the transfer and sessions coming in. Who's going to be a very lethal scorer off the bench. So uh, how, how good will they be with other top options, Stevens? I think they'll be an all right team. I don't really think they will be a tournament team. But the, who knows? They could surprise a lot of people like they did last year. So that's why I got them here at number 12. Yeah, um, number 11. Well, I got Minnesota here. Uh, they had a very average to below average season last year. But when you're in the Big Ten, that's good enough to be in the bubble. And, yeah, they lose three starters, but they do return a star in Marcus Carr. And, like you said, the transfers in Sir Both Cash and Liam Robbins, uh, maybe both will be eligible. Cash, I'm 100% I'm sure he will be eligible since he's, he's coming back home. Uh, that will make him more dangerous. And even though I have them at 11, I feel like they're a tournament team and they're tough out in the Big Ten. 
Yeah, and another team that's a very tough out is Maryland. I do have them here at number 11. Uh, you might be thinking this is very low because you have Maryland as your dark horse. But uh, yeah, I can say the same about you with Minnesota. So uh, yeah, Maryland does lose a ton from last year's rotation. Obviously, the top two options in Jalen Smith and Anthony Count Jr. Uh, they are both gone. Uh, this team, obviously, like you said earlier, they tied for first with a share of the conference. Uh, the very impressive run for Maryland. I think they were the one seed at some point this year, if I'm not mistaken. Is that is that right? Last year, no, no, no. For the AP poll, were they ever the one seed? I do not know. I I feel like they were, but regardless, they were a top five AP poll team at one point. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this team brings that back uh, a couple of good guys. Wiggins obviously being one of those guys to emerge as the top scorer for this team. And then they got guys coming in like Hamilton from BC and Smith from Alabama. Both of them are going to be eligible for this season. So Maryland, despite where everyone's going to have them, they could be an all right team, a very tough out at number 11, like you said, with Minnesota. So that's why I got them here at number 11. Yeah, approaching the top 10, I have Purdue at that number 10 spot. Uh, this team had a very quietly good offseason. They had a very under-the-radar uh, recruiting class. And although Coach Bad Painter for, somehow got rid of Nojo Eastern and Matt Harms, uh, they still have two great options in Williams and Hunter. And like I said, that recruiting class, although it's very solid, it's ex- it's inexperienced, and I think that would be key. Yeah, uh, I do have Purdue one spot ahead of Hugh, so I'll talk about them in a minute. Uh, obviously, another flip-flop here. I do have Ohio State here at number 10. Yes, this might be very low for Ohio State, as some people have them in their, like, just missing the top 25 for the AP poll. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this Ohio State team's a very good one, despite where people have them. Uh, they do lose three stars and their six-man. A lot of guys did transfer out from this team. So that was a big question mark coming into the season. But they do bring uh, manage to bring in some very good transfers, such as Seth Towns from Harvard and obviously Jimmy Sotos from Bucknell. So uh, they do return one of the top options in Washington Jr. as well. So it's going to be a very interesting team this year for Ohio State. Uh, 10 is a very low place for them. I, I definitely see that. But uh, this, this conference is just so competitive. I don't know how Ohio State will pan out against a lot of these other very good teams. So that's why I got them here at 10. But don't get me wrong, they're definitely a bubble team in the tournament right now for me. Yeah, um, like you said, the consensus, they have Ohio State in their top seven. uh, And obviously, we're not believing in that hype. I have them at number nine here. They lose four of the top six, especially both the Wesson brothers. And while they do bring in a couple good transfers and recruits, I just don't think they're going to be as good as people think. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement as well. And uh, that's why I do have Purdue, who is my number nine team, ahead of Iowa State. I just think they have a lot more experience and depth, I think, personally. And uh, although they do lose, like you said, Nozel Eastern and Harms, uh, I don't know really why things worked out that way with them. But uh, they do return their pretty much their two top two options and new top two options in Williams and Hunter. Uh, Williams is actually their top option on last year's squad, believe it or not. And uh, Hunter, he was a double-digit scorer as well coming back. So. Uh, as those two guys return, the question there is just the depth presence and uh, the bench. So I definitely think Purdue has a lot more bench and depth presence than Ohio State, respectively. But uh, So that is why I had them here at number nine. And this team is also a bubble team in my eyes as of right now for the Big Ten. I mean, for the March Madness tournament. So uh, it's going to be a very solid season for Purdue, I think, after last year. It was a pretty disappointing one for them. Yeah. Um Number number eight, I have Maryland here. Obviously, this is my dark horse, led by now Big Ten Player of the Year, Aaron Wiggins, as I like to call it now. Um, yeah, just I just think it's going to be a very good team. 
Yeah, I mean, I do have Maryland very low, but I definitely think they are going to be a very good team uh, for this season. So don't get don't get anything twisted with Maryland being a number 11 for me. Uh, number eight, I do have Michigan here. Uh, despite what Michigan lost out on this offseason, which was a ton, they lost out on probably the most anyone lost out on this offseason in, t- in terms of what they could have got and what happened in reality. But uh, they do manage to bring in some pretty good players, uh, led by Mike Smith, transfer from Columbia. And uh, they do lose two starters, their sixth and seventh man. However, Isaiah Livers does return from the draft, which is very good news for Michigan. So uh, despite what Michigan did lose out on this offseason, I think this team could still be a pretty solid one. So that's why I have them here at number eight. Yeah, I have them one spot above you. Uh, what an up-and-down season this, this program went through. Uh, they started the season unranked, and then they ended up winning that battle of Atlantis, beating Gonzaga in the championship. And now they're ranked in the top five, and after that they, they gradually fall off. And uh, this offseason, they lose four to top seven, and they lose two other key bench pieces in David DeJulius and Colin Castleton. Um, but the guys that picked up in the recruiting and transfer market were, were huge, like you said. Um, chemistry is key here, and hopefully that fan base, that, that fan base is ruthless. So hopefully they give Jawan Howard some time. Yeah, that, that fan base is very ruthless. Uh, so if Michigan fans are watching, I'm sorry, but that's just how it is from, from my perspective and your perspective at least. Uh, you might not think you're ruthless, but uh, I think a lot of the nation could agree with, uh, with our statement there. But uh, we're not going to get into a controversy here right now. Uh, number seven, I do have Minnesota here. This is my dark horse, obviously. I have very high expectations on them, and if Gaffs gets his waiver, which he probably will, this team is just, just a lot more lethal. And uh, Obviously, they lose out on a tour, like I said earlier, but uh, I don't think that's going to really take a big hit despite what they're bringing in. So, uh, yeah, I just think Minnesota is destined to be a tournament team. Obviously, they were a bubble team most of the year last year, and uh, although their record didn't really show that, I think this year definitely will. So that's why I have them here at number seven. Yeah. Um, number six, agreement here. We both have Indiana here. Uh, Indiana, they've been in and out of my top 25s, but they're definitely a top 30 team. Uh, they have a star in Trace Jackson Davis and a five-star coming in, Christian Lander. He's now going to be the, the team's starting point guard. Uh, this team's a very good team. They're going to be a very competitive team. Yeah, I do have Indiana here as well. Like you said, this is a very underappreciated team in the Big Ten. I've had them in down to my top 25 as well. Definitely a top 30 team in all of college basketball as of right now. They do lose two starters uh, in last year's rotation. But like you said, they do return their top option in Trace Jackson Davis who they were unsure if he was going to return, but thankfully he does, which is just very good news for this Indiana team. And then, like you said, five-star recruit Christian Lander coming in on the scene. Those two guys are going to be the top two options on this Indiana team. I know Lander is coming in for his first year, but he's going to make a very big impact right away. So uh, Indiana, pretty good team this year. I expect them to do a lot of very good things at this number six spot for me. Yeah, um, approaching the top five. At number five, I have Rutgers here. Um, the Rutgers, they earned the respect of many last year. Uh, and that should be carried over to this year as well. Um, everyone returns. Uh, Geo Baker, Ron Harper Jr., they're two very good all-conference players, probably. And they bring in the best recruit ever. Um, so, yeah, this program is only going up. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement there. Rutgers definitely earned my respect last year. And I wanted to see them finally complete that turnaround for them being in the tournament. But it was cut short. Uh, this year, it will finally be their year that they make it to the tournament. I definitely believe it, and a lot of people do as well. Just lose one starter from this last year's rotation. Everyone else does return, like you said. Top two options, Baker and Harper Jr. come back. 
two very explosive guys in, the, in the, all of the Big Ten Conference. And uh, like you said, Amori coming in, the highest recruit records they've ever gotten. Uh, this team's been in our top 25s for most of it, and they have started to progress a little bit downwards for uh, for me at least, but uh, they're still in that top 25 as of right now, just hanging on by a thread. Well, not, not a thread, but they're hanging on by a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're a top 25 team for a reason, so that's why we both have them here at number five. Uh, yeah, uh, number four, I have Illinois here. Um, that two-man game of Ayo and Kofi. That, Kofi, that's, that's all that's really needed here. Um, we mentioned way back when before they – they they took their names out. They they were not going to be good, and then all of a sudden they they both took their names out at the same time, and now they're they're top ten, top fifteen team in the nation, and yeah, that's why I have that number four here. That supporting cast is very good too, but they're two stars, and they really needed at least one of them to come back, and both of them came back. Yeah, and things just happen just like that for pretty much all of college basketball. If you bring back two of your stars, then things change for your team. And it definitely showed here with Illinois. I do have them at number three, so I'll talk about them in a couple minutes. I do have Michigan State here at number four. Despite losing Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman, you know Tom Izzo and Michigan State are going to get that next man up mentality. And it's definitely going to be seen now by guys like Aaron Henry, Rocket Watts, Gabe Brown, and uh, obviously bringing in a transfer Joey Hauser from Marquette. It's just huge for this Michigan State team. So, uh, you know, Michigan State's going to be a very good team. They always are every single year in college basketball. So, uh, number four might be a little low for them, but don't don't expect anything less from Star- Sparty. This team's probably going to be an auto bid to the conference, uh, to the March Madness tournament already. So, uh, just get your horses ready to see how far this team can go in the March Madness tournament. Yeah, approaching the top three, I think I think for me, this is going to be a, a three-way tie of first place starts. I have Michigan State here. Um, they lose two huge guys. Both their heart and souls in Cassius Winston, Xavier Tillman. They're still very experienced. Rocket Watts, Aaron Henry, Joey Hauser's finally eligible. And there's just a lot more guys I can name. Um, this team shouldn't miss a beat at all. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't know if it's going to be a three-way, two-way, or even a four-way uh, one, like, first-place finish. So I definitely think all four of these teams have a chance to be part of that share for the conference. And uh, one of those teams, I, st- I think it's Illinois. And uh, this team's uh, – I think as of right now, this is one of the first, I'm going to say three right now, that are going to share the conference. I think Illinois is that number third team right now. Uh, this roster was looking a little sour in the early stages of the offseason, like you said. Wasn't sure if they're going to bring back Ao and Kofi, but both of them are thankfully back. Two of the most elite guys in all of college basketball as of right now. And they just lose one starter on last year's rotation. Uh, a couple of role players as well did transfer out, but uh, they also bring in four-star Adam Miller, a very underrated recruit here. A very good scorer, very good shooter. So definitely watch out for him. And the bench depth, uh, the bench depth on this Illinois team is pretty much the same as last year. I mean, although I know they did lose out on a couple guys, but they bring in a couple guys to compensate with that. So yeah, I mean, Illinois is in my top ten for my top twenty-five for a reason. That's why I got them here at number three. Yeah, um, number two, I got Iowa here. Iowa, they're just deep and experienced as much as other teams in the nation. Uh, with with probably preseason player national every award of the year in Luca Garza and company um, they lose one starter but you could say Jordan Buchanan he was a starter last year before he got injured so basically they, they kind of return everyone they're finally healthy they're finally full strength this team is is very dangerous and there's a final four potential and national ship, national championship potential in this team 
Yeah, I definitely think, especially with these top two teams, it's definitely 1A, 1B for these two teams at least. And we definitely have an agreement on that as well. So Iowa is my 1B team as of right now. Obviously, Iowa is going to be one of the best teams and finish the top of the Big Ten. Last year, the record didn't really show that. They had a pretty pretty bad season in comparison to the Big Ten conference play. And uh, obviously, they're bringing in Luka Garza, like I said earlier, and they just lose one star on last year's rotation. And they bring back guys like uh, Weisskamp, and they're bringing in guys like Frederick, and then they return guys, uh, three guys now healthy, and obviously Bohan, like you said, Nunge, and McCaffrey as well. So uh, this Iowa team is going to be a very good one and probably a, a very scary Final Four team potentially for this Iowa team. So I'll definitely watch out for them and see what they can do this year. Yeah, yeah. The number one team, a team that we haven't even mentioned yet, uh, that's how good they are without needing to be mentioned. It's, it's Wisconsin. Uh, they want to share the conference last year. I know you're celebrating right now. I can see you on the screen celebrating. Um, I'm predicting the, the win at all. They're probably the safest team to win the conference. Uh, they returned four starters who, who were all double-digit scores, most of their bench, and they even bring in a four-man recruiting class. This team is very deep. This team's experienced. This team's ready. And, you know, uh, we doubted them last year. We're not doubting them this year for definitely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I got I got the jersey for a reason. This is my this is my championship team right here for all of uh, college basketball right now, and I've, I've been riding with that for a couple months now. I'm still riding with it as of right now. Uh, beautiful Wisconsin basketball here this year. I think this team will finish tied for first once again this year. They just lose one starter in their seventh man, and they return practically four double digit scores. I know two of the guys averaged nine point nine and nine point eight, but we're rounding up to ten for today, and. Uh, we got Reavers coming in. We got Porter back. And then we got Trice and Davison, all four double-digit scores coming back for this team. And the beauty of it is it's team basketball. I mean, Reavers only averaged 13 points a game, and then the other guys averaged 11, 9.9, and, 9 and 9.8. So that's pretty well-rounded here for Wisconsin basketball. And I didn't even mention the four-man recruiting class. That Ben's presence is just beautiful on this Wisconsin team. So, you know, I'm riding with them. You know why I bought the jersey. National champions, believe it, and you're going to see it soon. So uh, let's go, Wisconsin. I'm off for the Badgers this year, baby. Yeah, yeah, that concludes our Big Ten rankings. I had so much fun doing this. This is probably my favorite episode yet. What about yours? Yeah, this was a very good episode. A lot of very good controversy here, but uh, the beauty of the Big Ten is uh, everywhere from pretty much number 11 to 1, they're all, they're all racing and trying to get into that tournament. And it's definitely doable. I mean, you saw it last year. So many teams from this conference made it to the uh, – they would have made it to the March Madness tournament. But uh, this season obviously got cut short. But uh, the race between the conference, like the win count for every single team and that 1 to 11 range, it was very close margin. It was a couple games back. I think it was three games uh, range from obviously 1 to 11. And that just shows how beautiful the Big Ten is. So uh, obviously, like you said, one of the best conferences in all of college basketball. And I'm just excited to see the season finally happen and see what all these teams can do in the Big Ten. Yeah, and like you said, there could be 11 teams from this conference that make the tournament. Uh, I think there's at least seven with potential for those 8, 9, 10, 11 uh, guys as well. But, you know, um, next conference is the Big East. That's a, that's a very interesting conference as well after one and two. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this Big East one as well. And a lot of teams could go different places. I definitely see a lot of controversy coming up for this Big East. Uh, I mean, we saw a ton today in the Big Ten. I definitely see a ton more in the Big East coming up next episode. So definitely stay tuned for that one. It's going to be another very good episode coming up. Yeah, and uh, 
like we said, uh, less than three weeks away from opening tip-off. And, yeah, we're just, just very excited. And that concludes today's episode. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for all your support. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, keep in mind, Aaron Wiggins will be the Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, yeah, and that's all for today. Thank you, guys. And it's always March. It's always March, baby. Thank you guys for watching. <laughs>